welcome. It's a fan check down on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here and wherever you get your podcast. Um, Adam Rank is already on the line because he's so excited to talk to us. So let's get so let's, let's go. Get to, let's get to Mr. Rank get right to away. Him right now. How are you today, sir? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Uh, you know, it's a it, playoff football's here, and some might say, and I might be that someone that this is the best weekend of football. Uh, four great games, a great weekend, no duds to be had. Hopefully, uh, I'm looking forward to it. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, I, I actually wanted to have this conversation with you because Donovan and I were literally just talking about this off the air before we came on. It's my biggest pet peeve in sports fandom and in, in sports in general. And I want to know where you stand on it before I give you my take. Um, the idea of we, as if you played the, the, the game with the team, we won the game. We lost the game. We signed this guy. Where do you stand on that? Oh, listen, I do a podcast with Bears rookie wide receiver Tyler Scott, and I know I must annoy him because I say we all the time. <laughs> and no, I, I tell no. him, all right, listen, listen, I contribute to the merch and the money that allows the NFL to exist. So, yes, I am a part of we. I was a, I was a fan of the Chicago Bears before Tyler Scott was born. I will be a fan when he retires. I stick with it. I really care about it. So I feel, and you know, there is, you know, there is something about these teams at one point represented their cities where you were, you were from Chicago and you rooted for the bears. You were from Toronto and you rooted for the Leafs. Like they, they, they're there for the, the community. So I think that it, uh, we're well within our rights to say we. I've I've come off the. I I understand where people are like, hey, you never like whatever. Like I no, I I put my heart in. I I let the I let this game played by twenty somethings affect my mood. I'm gonna call it we all the all that I would like. Rank, I used to like you so much. <laughs> Man, oh, this is gonna be so different. I draw the line at a national team. Like if you have your US women's national team jersey, you're chanting, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. That is fine. But like how many stairs did you run for the Bears to win a championship? How many weights did you lift? All of them. Like I well, I don't <laughs> lift weights. That's not me. I spent a lot of time at the driving range yesterday for the Bears to win. That's how I feel. I put in the work. I feel like I'm doing my part. I, I go out there on a national level and I am the person or one of the people that when you think of bears fans and you want to talk bleep to them, yeah, it's me. And you, you'll come onto my Instagram. You'll come on a, like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I will sit there and post a photo of uh, my, my, my AYSO team and there will be a comment on there that's like bears suck just for no reason. Uh, <laughs> even if I'm not even talking about the bears, it bears suck. Or, okay. So yes, I feel like I'm, I'm allowed to say we, I will draw a NFL distinction for two franchises, the Packers who are community owned owned. Like maybe you have some, some stock and some shares and the Buffalo bills who in a crisis, they just say to the fans, Hey, do you mind coming here and work for, for 20 bucks? For four hours to shovel snow so that we can have a game? How mad would you be if you bought your tickets off of StubHub and then the lakefront snow effect meant <laughs> that it's first yeah. come, first serve? You know, it's 
It's a little ridiculous. So when that happened, first of all, I will say this. If you are a fan of the Green Bay Packers, you can definitely not say we. That's the one. That's where I draw the line of teams that can. Because you don't live there. Nobody lives in Green Bay. There's 40 (laughs) people who live in Green Bay. Stop it. You started watching that team in the 90s. You like the colors green and gold. So you're like, oh, be a Green Bay. Nobody likes Green Bay. Nobody likes Wisconsin. Stop fronting. You do not know. You have to say the Green Bay Packers. You do not. You have to to bow down to that corporation that owns a Virginia McCaskey is a family member who has been in, in embedded in the fabric of Chicago for well over a century. That's a we green Bay. No, you're whatever. You're some corporation that sells fake shares. Like you, you, you have as much right to green Bay as you do to target. So I don't, so I'm done. So I won't, I won't even entertain that, but I will say this about the Buffalo thing. It was interesting because I was of the mind like JJ Watt, who, when that happens, like, why aren't you guys building a dome? And I'm like, yeah, why aren't you building a dome? Like get them JJ. And then people are like, well, then how do people get to the stadium? Like, that's a good point. All right. Sorry, sir. We, uh, we, we take it back and then come to find out because our kids a state of emergency. Nobody can be on the roads. And I'm like, oh wait, didn't the Buffalo Sabres play a game that night? So apparently the roads weren't unsafe. Like what, what was it? What is what is the thing? And uh, and if your city's too dangerous that you can't, no, I'm just kidding. But like, I don't know, like build, I'm, but then I go back to like build a dome because of the whole, even though it was outdoors and they were op- able to open the roads, like the problems that you had still are like there. Like Britt Baker was in an igloo watching that game. And, you know, it was, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's fun for some people, but for me, I, again, I don't pay to go to football games, so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask, but it's like, I still believe that you build a dome, but I would be upset. Although, yeah, I wouldn't have gone, but I would have been very upset had I had to go. The 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 answer, because everybody, the thing with, okay, I'm fine with building a dome, but if you want, you know, a stadium with the elements, whatever, and people are like, well, the retractable roof is too expensive. Okay, fine. Then build one that has the seats covered. So at least you just have to clear off the field. And then you have yeah. less of an issue like that. That's the, that's the, you know, the, the one olive branch that you can extend. But anyway, um, as, as a Bills say, fan, I, like, about, you know. wait, hold on. Let me, let me say something about the, it's too expensive for a roof. You know what else it would save money is if you didn't put in bathrooms, but could you imagine building? No, but it's part of the stadium. So you put it in. That's the thing. Same thing with the roof. It's part of the stadium. Like, I don't care. Like you can't, no, you can't build half a stadium. Rank, but rank. Like, have you been to uh, Highmark? Have you been to Highmark stadium? Are there no restrooms? Uh, Whoa, there might, restrooms there might as well be no restrooms. <laughs> they still, they still have the trough. Oh, good. Yeah. Man trough. Well, yeah. And, and rank. I, I don't want to say what often happens with that trough, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not, not yeah. pretty. It's not, it's I not can great. imagine it's old not Comiskey, old Comiskey park. Didn't even have a trough. It just had a wall with a curb. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm not even having a go. If anybody was at Old Comiskey Park can verify this. Like, oh. yeah, like, okay. Like, there, there was, like, some uh, some genius thinking back in the day. Like, no, nah, they're guys. Like, they don't care. Like, yeah, you're pretty much right. <laughs> yeah, they're not wrong. Um, Adam Rank, NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank joining us here on the Fan Checkdown. Okay, so divisional matchups are set. 
and you look at the games, what's the one that you're most looking forward to? I mean, I feel like a lot of people just say Bills and Chiefs, but as a fan, I'm not necessarily looking forward to the game based on all the injuries that the Bills have on defense. However, uh, it does look like a fantastic matchup. Is there what? Maybe it's that one. Maybe it's another one that sticks out for you this weekend. You know, I, as a fan of the old NFC Central, I'm looking forward to rivals meeting once again with the Lions and Buccaneers to the point, I wish the Buccaneers would wear their throwbacks. Like, you know, I don't know if we, I don't know if we've talked about this on this show, but I'm not, I like the throwback of the Buccaneers, but to me, it's kind of like deep dish Chicago pizza. It's good once a year, but it's not a weekly staple. So I feel like that's, that's where the Bucks uniform comes in. But I think if the Buccaneers rolled in there in the all whites, with the creamsicle helmet, with the swashbuckler on the side, that would look so awesome. And it, and it's reminiscent because people probably look at old photos or old highlights of Barry Sanders, and they're like, why do they play the Buccaneers so much? This seems weird. But no, they were division rivals at one point because when the Buccaneers came into the when the Buccaneers came into the NFL, they were an AFC team, and they played one season, then they flip flopped with the Seahawks. Who then went to the wait? Is that, am I gonna, Yeah, then they went to the. They flip flop with the Seahawks. They went to the NFC. Were part of the Central with Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and uh, the Lions. So I I'm looking forward to that one. One of them because like I really felt the Lions celebrated like it was a Super Bowl at that point. Like hey, you know, like you know, you guys have a couple more games to play. You understand that this? I understand you're crying. 35 years of frustration, your first win in the playoffs since Bobby Light. No, it wasn't. No, it was 91. It was that it would have been Barry Sanders against the Cowboys. So there, there was a lot of that going on. I'm like, oh gosh, is this team going to be ready to go? But what, last night I watched the locker room footage with Dan Campbell and specifically Jared Goff talking about like, hey, there's more game. And I'm like, oh gosh, maybe this team's got something. So I'm really interested to see what, what Detroit's going to be able to do on Sunday. And the great part about that game is that we have San Francisco and Green Bay on Saturday night. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's like the the game open. Like San Francisco is a ridiculous favorite. And I'm like, you guys like, don't let's not do this. Like, let's not look like I, I picked the 49ers because I think ultimately Kyle Shanahan is still proven, but there's a real possibility that the deficiencies the Packers have had against the 49ers come down to Aaron Rodgers and with Matt LaFleur actually able to coach a game, it might be different. So I'm really, I'm nervous about, I'm picking the 49ers, but I don't feel great about it just because I don't want to be right about the Packers two weeks in a row. (laughs) Gentlemen, what are we doing? We are 11 minutes into this segment. Mm -hmm. It's as if we're recapping the Academy Awards and we starting with best soundtrack, not best picture. We need to talk Mm -hmm. Mahomes and Allen. That Look, is what matters. I can't do, This is so this, hard for no, me to No, do. it's not hard. This is it our is. our Manning Brady. Every sport needs this, whether it is Bird Magic or Verstappen Hamilton or A.C. Slater and Zach. You need this. <laughs> Never mind that there's Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and now C.J. Stroud. This is Pepsi Coke. You need to choose a side. Rank. One, are you excited for this heavyweight fight? And two... I feel like Brady Manning, it said something about you, which one you're in the corner for. 
Oh, boy. Do we get to a place where this is that type of rivalry between the two? Who do you think I was in the corner for with Brady Manning? I think you You're were. A man, you were a Manning guy for sure. No, nah, I think you were a Brady guy. There it is. Yeah, definite Brady guy. Absolutely Brady guy. That does tell, that does tell me a lot about you, actually. Thank you for clarifying let me, that. Let me, let me say this. First of all. I did not like the football team that played in St. Louis because they moved away from Southern California. I thought that was, uh, I, so I never cared for them. And when uh, I was working for NFL Publishing back in the day, I would put together the AFC side of the Super Bowl program. And as doing that, you get to know these teams pretty well. And then I was like, you know what? I go, and it was, it had to be the final four, like, because these were published ahead of time. So you had to be ready to go. So it was the final four. And I remember, so it was like Raiders, uh, Raiders, Patriots, Steelers. I forget who the other team was, but I was convinced going into that game that the, uh, the Patriots were going to win that game. And so I convinced all my friends who we went to Vegas to go watch the game. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't going to the Super Bowl. And I said, you know, and my friends like, okay, we'll bet this, the Patriots we're getting 13 points. I'm like, no, 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 we're going money line. Uh, so obviously we took that bet. So from that point on, I was on board with. Tom Brady, and um, I know that you might not be old enough to remember this, but the Bears lost a Super Bowl, and I want you to think of who the quarterback was who beat him. Well, well, who the quarterback was of the other team, of the winning team in that Super Bowl. I didn't want to say he beat the Bears because he didn't. He he was on a team that beat the Bears. Uh, Rex Grossman did more to win that Super Bowl than Peyton Manning. But, <laughs> but Peyton Manning, of course, won MVP because who else are the voters going to vote for? Because um, it should have been Dom Rhodes or the rain in Miami. But in any event, I it's funny, though, that you bring up Mahomes versus Allen. I sort of look at this like if you're booking a WWE card, and like, hey, we're getting Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. You're like, OK, or no, actually, how about uh, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar? You're like, yeah, OK, whatever. Like, I've seen it like uh, it's OK. Like, I I don't care. I honestly like this. I was looking at this. Because the Amex tournament is here in here. Uh, it's 90 minutes away in La Quinta, California. I wasn't going to go. And now I'm like, oh, I can just go. I'll I'll watch the two because it's the Lions. Oh, God, maybe I don't because I, I want to see this Lions game. But um, no, I'm like, no, I, I don't know. I'm not really. The, the, the Bills Chiefs doesn't thrill me. Like it does nothing for me. I don't what? think Josh Allen's. I don't think Josh Allen's in that. That Manning category, he would be the Manning of this, I would imagine. But like, yeah, that's it. Doesn't it? Doesn't I don't know. Again, this is like okay, like it is the WWE giving me a matchup. Like I didn't ask for this matchup again. Can I? I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit different because of the way that Patrick Mahomes acted at the end of that game this season. But yeah, this is of the four. This is the one where I'm like, yeah, if I had to go to the craps table, uh, this would be the one. All right, well, then rapid fire on some real rivalries. Zach A.C. Yeah. Slater, Jeter A-Rod, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Leno Letterman, Tupac Biggity, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, and John Jones GSP. We need the definitive answers of all those. Okay. Letterman for sure. That was the easiest one that you ever said. <laughs> Letterman versus Leno. You just don't like bum uh, chins, I guess. That's fine. Whatever. No, no, no. It's It's Letterman. <laughs> Uh, some of the other ones, AC Slater. I really, Zach was a terrible person. Oh, um, when wow, you go back, a... like so selfish and uh, everything. AC Slater used to be the AC Slater was the most loyal. Uh, even though I like Mark Paul Gosler better than Mario, 
I I mean, AC Slater was like a better friend. Um, who else? Jeter, what was some of the other one? Oh, Jeter. Although I I don't just because I don't like A Rod. Growing up in Southern California, you don't like A Rod and Jeter. I don't know if that little kid doesn't reach over the fence to steal a home run for him. And then what is it in the 98 playoffs? Like, what do we, or is it 96? What do we think of Jeter? Like that, that, that turns into a pop fly. Like, does he become Derek Jeter? Who knows if he doesn't like take off and launch himself into the stands needlessly in Yankee <laughs> stadium. Do we think as much about him? Der- here's Who was one, another. Here, here's one. Derek Jeter made easy plays look hard. How about that? Yes. That's a ri- like some people will hate throw. me for that. Yeah, people will hate no, me for that, but that's throw. the truth. Who was there? Was another shortstop? Wasn't there? Was it Omar? No it was Garcia Parra. Nomar Garcia Parra. Uh, you know, what? I'll take him. Nomar. Okay, off the board. of the three, I'll take Nomar, Georgia Tech guy. Uh, I can't say that I played against him married in high to school. Mia Hamm. Yeah, that's uh, U.S. Yeah, national Hamm. soccer legend. Yes. So uh, what, was the, a, what was the other ones you had on there, Don? Wait, hold on. It is Mia Ham, right? Yeah. Was it Missy? No, yeah. I'm not right. going to take credit for that because technical operator Man? Lance Kennedy said that to me. So if it's wrong, yeah. it's Lance's fault. <laughs> no, but I'm a big, yeah, Noma. Omar Vizquel was also awesome. Former Blue Jay great was... Omar Vizquel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else do you have? John Jones and who? GSP. Like, like who's the MMA GOAT? Oh. Jeez, man, John yeah, Jones. John a, Jones. I'm not an MMA guy. Can we do Hogan Savage instead, and I'll go with Randy Macho Man Savage. Wow. That would be, yeah, the Macho Man for sure. Wow. Hogan, when you were like four, and then you're like, wait a minute, I actually have taste. I'm gonna go for the Macho Man. You were like, I eat my vitamins and and have my my cereal, and I don't look yeah. like that. What happened here? What happened here? <laughs> Tupac over Biggie, uh, obviously. I always, you know what? I always think about this. this Donovan, West Coast. Donovan, you just shocked Donovan with that one, by the way. Like, if you could see his face right now when you said that, okay, listen. it was the obviously part that really got him going. No, this is the thing. <laughs> the East Coast. You're, I was going to say, you're killed, a West Coast guy. That's why. East Coast killed Tupac, and they responded by killing Biggie. Like, imagine if, if England. Tupac's still alive. We know that, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Don't go on to the Joe Rogan show and say that. He'll probably be like, yeah, tell me more. I'm interested in this. Um, if you, uh, like, listen, imagine if England killed Bob Dylan and we responded by killing one of the dudes in Chumbawamba. That's what the discrepancy was with Tupac <laughs> oh, and Biggie. Tupac, wow. oh my gosh. I didn't think we were getting I, this controversial on the show today. I, no, Tupac amazing this is really like this size is where of you... the category uh variety of topics like the fact that it's so definitive for you is fascinating for me yes i really i really admire tupac and and you know when you really like his lyrics are so i mean you learn a lot i mean there's a lot of those things where you're like who's like there's a and the song changes where he's like two shot like there's a there's a line that just seemed you know two shots in the back and then huey's dead and I'm like, what? Who is that? So I actually spent time to go out and search and find out who Huey Newton was and, and things like that. And I think that was one of the things that was brilliant about Tupac was it was just so poignant that, you know, we we really lost in our, a true artist when we lost Tupac. So 
Uh, and that's kind of like where my, that's where my, all, all my like hip hop knowledge sort of ends. It's like, I loved, you know, the beastie boys, uh, Eric B and Raheem and all those guys. And then, uh, Tupac. And then of course, NWA. And then that's where it ended. That's where I, I, anything new. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. It's okay. You're not missing out on anything new today. Don, would you agree with that statement? These mumble rap guys make me want to jump out a window. It's just, it's just different. Listen, if Bill Walsh yeah. saw the passing schemes today, he'd be like, <laughs> what is this garbage? So every yeah, era true. puts their own spin on things. And That's true. And, and I, I, I will say you're shortchanging Biggie as a wordsmith because I see some ladies tonight who should be having my baby. <laughs> baby was, was, a- was deep. Was deep. That's not deep. Uh, bring it to football, though. You didn't answer uh, Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith. Oh, which is oh, also Barry very controversial. Barry Sanders, because you, I, you know, if Barry you know Sanders was a cowboy, we this wouldn't even be in the realm uh, of possibility. You know what? Like there, there was something about Barry Sanders, though, is that highlight wise, he was he was great, and he did he made a lot of like amazing plays. But he also like had a lot of like drop behind the line of scrimmage because he got caught behind. So he, as a player, he's better than Emmett Smith. And I'm not sure that he would. I'm curious of how he would have. Was he recruited by Barry? Was he trying to remember the timeline? He couldn't have been recruited by Jimmy Johnson. I think Thurman Thomas was because Jimmy Johnson was the coach at Oklahoma State. So it was kind of like. Uh, it's one of those things like, could he have played with Jimmy Johnson? Like, I think so. Would he have hit? Cause like, I don't know when you go back and watch Emmett, like a lot of times he misses hole, I, I misses holes and things like that. I always just felt like with Emmett Smith, who's a great player. He's a good player. He would have been a fine, he would have been a fine player. Like he would have been a thousand yard rusher for a number of teams. Like it's, I'm not dis- dismissing him like as some scrub, but I also think like if you would have put, I don't know, Chris Warren back there. Maybe Chris Warren's a, a bit too extreme, but actually I don't think so. But like Chris Warren, like which, would Chris Warren have done this with the Dallas Cowboys? I'm like, maybe. Might have been Ricky Waters. Uh, some of the guys from that era, I feel like, yeah, could this guy have gone in and done what what uh, Emmett Smith did? I said, maybe. And I'm also, and I'm all, again, I'm coming off as biased because who broke Emmett, or uh, who broke Walter Payton's record? Like, of course, like this is like retire already. Like just stop playing, (laughs) sir. (laughs) Give up the ghost. Um, Okay. So we mentioned the Cowboys in there. Here's a question for you. Uh, Both of these jobs are still available, but there is a chance that they are both not available by later today, the end of this week, whatever the case may be. Which job would you rather have the Eagles or the Cowboys right now? (sighs) You know, it depends on how much control you would really want. That's true. Because I, I think that, you know, Jerry Jones is going to be a part of this regardless. I think if it was Bill Belichick that Jerry Jones might step back a little bit. I think, you know, Jerry Jones might be going at some point, go through some reflection and everything that's been happening with Jimmy Johnson, uh, putting him in the ring of honor, reminiscing about how great it was. And then, you know, really, you know, looking back at the hubris of firing Jimmy Johnson, of thinking that you weren't getting enough credit, thinking these Super Bowls are easy. I'll get another one, which he sort of did when he got Barry. He actually did with Barry Switzer. And you're like, see, I can do this. And then since 1995, it's not happened again that perhaps 
he would be able to step back a little bit. But I'd still rather coach the Dallas Cowboys because as much as they are in the spotlight of the national media and there's always going to be a a certain element of a circus going on with you and, and Jerry's going to say his thing on his radio show, it's rough being a, a sports person in Philadelphia. They love, they love you when things are going right. But, man, they blew out Doug Peterson quickly after his Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni. You know, like they're talking about whether he's going to get fired or not. And there's an, there's an opportunity next year that if things go wrong with Philadelphia again, that he's out, that is too extreme for me. Like I, I couldn't do it. So I think that I would rather believe it or not. I'd rather be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Is there an NFC East organization that is not a hot mess right now? <laughs> like, it seems like this is a home makeover show where you can just come in Love and it or flip this out. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, are, are the Giants who had a coach storm out and go straight to the airport, like, the best scenario right now? And they don't know who their quarterback is, by the way. So that's another thing there. I think the unknown of the commanders is is pretty compelling. I think that we don't know. We don't know what kind of organize, organization they are going to have there and what what that ownership group is going to do. I do know, and I think I've mentioned this before, like when Magic gets a part of a consortium together, they're usually pretty, I mean, the Dodgers are one of the most well-run organizations in sports. And when you get your league to do whatever it can to help you land the best player in the league, then that's better. So maybe, you know, Magic can use his influence to get the commanders the number one pick from the Bears. They can take Caleb Williams or whatever it is. I think the commanders, because they'll end up with a top quarterback and they've got some pieces. Um, they need to redo their name though. Have we talked, we've talked about this. Yeah, they gotta it's, redo the, the it's the worst name in pro sports. I love the W logo though. And so well, that D- is Donovan cool. maintains and I, and I kind of feel the same way. They should have stuck with football team 100%. at that point. Like it's, it's love better than that. commanders. Washington football team was actually pretty sweet. And I would have been like, you know, we're going to stay with this. They should have called, they know, played like the generals this year though. So, I mean, they could have gone with oh, that and nobody would have goodness batted gracious. an eye. I know that you're talking Harlem Globetrotters, but there's probably somebody who put the pieces together that the generals were actually a USFL team. I think they should, it's you know much. what? Here's a better one. They should be called the, the Washington Sentinels, like the team in, um, yes. Now uh, you're talking. Oh my God. Um, why am I blank? This is I love this movie, and now I'm blanking on it. Oh, what's going on here? The replacements. That's the one. Keanu Reeves. The replacements. Shane Absolutely. Footsteps Falco. That's the one. Yes, that's a great movie. But yes, they should just call themselves the even Sentinels is better than Commanders. I don't know. It's that's just actually so kind bad. of a dope name. Now, yeah, Commanders was like one of the worst. Like of all the things they could have been called. But rank two and... people thought that was a good idea. Remember that because whenever there's whenever you look at something and say, "Wow, that's a horrible idea." Two people had to think that was a good idea for it to come to fruition. So there are yeah. t- at least two idiots out there. That's true. That is very true. Okay. Unfortunately. Uh, so a <laughs> so, uh, uh, quick one before we let you run here. If I had told you that going into divisional weekend, that the four quarterbacks in the NFC would have been Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, and Jordan Love, you would have told me what? <laughs> I would have laughed. <laughs> I wouldn't have even responded. I... I don't know. Like I, I get really upset because you know I'm a Bears fan. Um, 
that Green Bay is going to do it again. I'm like, really? I, I like Jordan Love coming out of Utah State. So going back to my original scouting, I'm like, oh, no, this guy's probably going to be pretty good. Um, it's upsetting to me. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, you have those four guys, and then the AFC's got, like, pretty much first-round studs. You know, Mahomes, Allen, C.J. Stroud, and the other guy. Why can't I think of Lamar Jackson, Heisman Trophy winner? Like, yeah, like, it's that's star-studded. That's night two of WrestleMania. Uh, the first night's like, yeah, it's the uh, it's the independent show that's going on at the bingo hall. <laughs> it does feel like that, doesn't it? Like I, I look and and the the t- and it's not it's not for a lack of talent. But here's the other thing: there are two former first overall picks on that yeah. NFC side too, which is really interesting because when you look at both of them, you look at their their careers, and you're like, well, they don't they don't jump off the pages first overall picks but it's forgot the fact yeah. and and they are both having like those may be two of the better stories in these playoffs is the resurgence of baker mayfield and jared goff beats the team that didn't want him yeah that was amazing that was a true storybook thing um that was kind of even even an old uh bitter person like me had to appreciate jared goff going out there and, and beating his former club that former coach and of course the quarterback who replaced him yeah, it was, uh, it was quite something. Uh, you got to run here. Uh, thanks, as always, for doing this, and we'll talk to you in seven days, buddy. Sounds great. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the playoff games, and good luck to your Bills this week. Thank you very much. You too. Uh, there he goes, Adam Rank, NFL Network, and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Mike Tomlin looks like he's coming back. Um, and I want to ask you the question, Donovan. What is the best available head coaching job right now we're gonna talk about that when we come back matt marchese donovan bennett this is the fan check down on the Sportsnet radio network big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in leafsland real kipper and born be sure to subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Check down on the Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, download that. Subscribe. Rate. Five stars. You know you want to. Um, Mike Tomlin told the team he's coming back. I'm assuming, I mean, I, I guess Mike Tomlin doesn't have the final say in that, but I'm assuming that they've had a conversation even before the game against the Bills that he was coming back. Um, is there any surprise here for you? Not really. Like Maybe that's why he didn't it. answer the question about it. Cause he's like, ah, there's probably an extension in a drawer. I don't need to tell you about it. Yeah. To me, it's as we talked about yesterday, it seems more as if the issue may have been, you know, about money and not about uh, want. You, you can't find a better ownership group to work for than the Roonies. As much as people say, you know, the Kraft family is the gold standard. There's reporting coming out about the fact that, you know, towards the end they were meddling a little bit in terms of what their version of the Patriot way should be. And, and listen, maybe when the results are as they've been in New England, that's fair. But if you're Mike Tomlin, and I think this is the conversation you need to have on both sides, if you remove a coach, who can you get that's better? And if you're a coach, if you're going to leave, what situation can you get that's better? And if you're Mike Tomlin and you're looking around the landscape, do I want to go work for David Tepper or Jerry Jones? 
the Washington group seems good in theory, but they're new. I, I have one of the most storied franchises in all of sports. Owners who are going to leave me alone. My issue is I need someone who can take a snap and throw on time. Uh, and so those things are short-term, not long-term issues. And there's a reason why you can count the amount of Steelers head coaches on one hand is because they don't mess around. Well, the, the interesting thing about the previous two hires with the Steelers, which is when you think about longevity with an organization, you would think, in my brain anyway, it's someone who came up through that system. Bill Cowher was the defensive coordinator in Kansas City. And Mike Tomlin was the defensive coordinator in Minnesota. So it's a very it's a very interesting way to go about things. Because again, whereas the Patriot way is Gerard Mayo. You've been here, you know, five years as a coach. You spent eight years here as a player. Uh, you're next man up. It's just different ways to, to do business. Uh, there's some other things that we should get to. So let's do a little bit of rapid fire before we get to the question about the best available head coaching job. Uh, Saints fire offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael. Um, they keep Dennis Allen around, which is so bizarre to me. Pete Carmichael was the longest serving offensive coordinator in the NFL. 18 years. He was with the Saints. He was part of Sean Payton's original staff. I'd be curious to see if he ends up in Denver with Sean Payton, because obviously there's a pretty good relationship there. But to me, this, again, we had this conversation. This doesn't solve the problem. Like literally there was a mutiny among the players to tell Dennis Allen where to shove it. Like that's, that's what you guys got to take a knee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then they go and run in a touchdown. That's ridiculous. Um, It's an offense that has weapons. Chris Olave. Alvin Kamara, I think Kendra Miller's still going to be a good running back at this level. I like Jawan Johnson. Rashid Shahid had a really good season, and, and that doesn't preclude them from going out and drafting another wide receiver um, or a tight end for that matter. Is that an intriguing team to you, or is it like, I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. I don't care who the head coach is. Derek Carr's a quarterback, and you can't win. It's not intriguing at all. They are a team that is old and expensive and doesn't have a present or a future at the game's most important position, and that's quarterback. So, no, and I think this is, if we look at this from a macro perspective, this scenario is why, for me, I think owners lean with offensive hires. I mean, I think they get excited about the names that broadcasters mention and, you know, they want to get the quarterback position right and see the sexy stats in terms of offense you know, being, you know, relatively up, although it was down this year. But if you have an offensive mind as your head coach, you never have to worry about what's going to happen on offense. Andy Reid can lose Doug Peterson and Frank Reich and Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy. The offense is always going to be the same. If you have a defensive head coach, in this case, Allen, there's always going to be questions in terms of who's running the offense. Do you get someone new? If you have someone who's really talented, they're going to leave and become a head coach. And so it's always rinse and repeat. They don't have an offensive identity. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing that you said about the Saints they did have, no matter who was on the field for them when Sean Payton was the head coach, is that you knew what the Saints were going to do offensively whether they were throwing to Marquise Colston or they're throwing out to the backfield to 
Alvin Kamara. Or 150 slants a year to Michael Thomas. That's right. Slant boy, is he, <laughs> uh, you know, not affectionately is known by many people. So I, I, I'm surprised that they aren't pressing reset on the whole thing. But when the odds come out, best believe in terms of coaches on the hot seat in 2024, 2025, his name is going to be close to, if not at the top of the list. Yeah, with him and if the Eagles and Cowboys do not make any changes, which I still can't believe that the Cowboys aren't going to make a change, but if Mike McCarthy and Nick Sirianni are around, they're going to be very high on that list as well. Here's a, This one was kind of a surprise to me. Um, Alex Van Pelt out as the offensive coordinator with the Browns, and my first thought was, did the front office see who they threw out at quarterback all year? Like, that's Alex Van Pelt's fault. And the fact that they didn't have Nick Chubb, that offense down the stretch with a better quarterback was one of the best offenses in football. And the reason was, the reason why they got blown out of the water by the Houston Texans was, well, they had no offensive linemen. They were, a bunch of them were hurt. And Houston applied so much pressure to an old quarterback who can't run. Like, I'm sorry. That's not the offensive coordinator's fault. Okay, that's management for just being like, yeah, we're okay with PJ Walker and we're okay with DTR and hey, oh, wait, no, we're not because Deshaun Watson really sucks. Um, We got to go get Joe Flacco. Like, I'm sorry, but the offense with this team at the end of the day was not necessarily the issue uh, because the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed on the road either. So when I saw this, my first thought was from an HR perspective, when you're moving on from someone it's generally for two reasons, either the person or the performance. The performance was not good enough for you to keep the role, or you as a person are not someone we want to keep in the organization for sure. whatever reason. And to me, this struck, well, is there more here in terms of whether something going on in his personal life, the way he handles himself in the building, the cultural fit? If not that, which I believe it is, I think the other piece is, listen, this organization is going to have to have a long, serious conversation on what they're doing with this roster and Deshaun Watson moving. Mm-hmm. And someone needs to have some culpability on what it's been like with him at quarterback thus far. As we mentioned on this program, Joe Flacco has thrown as many touchdown passes for the Cleveland Browns as Deshaun Watson. In, in, less, in, less, amount games, of, in yeah. less games and making a lot less money. When you are making a deal for someone like Deshaun Watson where you're giving a boatload of picks and an unprecedented guaranteed deal and taking the PR hit that he was at the time and I would argue still now because he's toxic, that is not coaching-level decision. That's not a front office-level decision. That is an ownership decision. You know who doesn't get fired? You know who doesn't take the blame for stuff? Owners. So I feel like someone had to wear... The fact that Deshaun Watson hasn't worked out thus far, we can't fire Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski, he's going to be the coach of the year. And oh you're not, well, the you're, Toronto Raptors say, "Hold my beer." Yeah, but anyway, that's, that's true. <laughs> but they, that, that is true. Um, but I don't throw anything past anyone anymore, Donovan. <laughs> I mean, Nick Sirianni was in the Super Bowl last year, yeah. and he, he potentially could lose his job. But to me, this is like we need a, someone to hold this blame. Yeah. To give us some time to get this right. Um, Jeremy Fowler had this piece for ESPN. And here's the quote. Um, still 
good, still a good quality starter. What league execs are saying about Russell Wilson's future and the market. Now he's still a Denver Bronco and the GM, George Payton and Sean Payton spelled two different ways. Relax. Um, they, they didn't close the door on Russell Wilson returning, but you, you sat him. You know what you're doing. You don't want him to get hurt because you don't want to pay more money. Like, this is all obvious. Here's my question. Do people watch football? Honestly, like, I I would really love to know what GMs and coaches are looking at. Because if you think that at this moment in time that Russell Wilson is still a good quality starter, you need to get your eyes checked. Like, to me, I look at it and say, Russell Wilson can start football games. That is the, that's the bar. Okay. He can start football games. That's a low bar, especially with the quarterback play that we've seen. But if Russell Wilson has to be the guy to throw 250 yards or 300 yards to win you a football game, guess what? Russell Wilson is not doing. He's not doing any of those things. He needs to go to a team where they can run the ball 30 times a game like they tried to do at Denver and just kill clock and play horrible football. I mean, oh, sorry, not horrible. Old school football. But that's not what the league is made up of. So I would love to know what these people are watching. Well, this is a classic case of finance impacts feelings. The amount you're willing to spend on something dictates how much you enjoy it. You might really enjoy this burger for 15 bucks. But if you had a $300 steak, which actually tastes better, but doesn't feel like it's good enough to spend $300 on, you might be feeling a little bit wanting. I think that's the conversation with Russell. I'm going with the $5 burger, by the way, just in case. Regardless? 100%. Because then I can get three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Or in one case, I can get whatever that number is. Uh, 60 times 5, I think, is $300. I I see how you'd be as a GM. You have a running back by committee approach. uh, Yeah, I got a burger by by committee approach when I go to eat. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. (laughs) No, but listen, like... If if Russell gets a, a bunch of his money because he was not willing uh, to rework his deal from the Broncos and is then cut and then can sign somewhere for relatively cheap, whatever the veteran's minimum is at the time because his wife is rich and he now is also rich. Like in Atlanta with the talent around him, just being a game manager on cheap money, would Russell Wilson be a great option? Of course he would. Is he a cultural fit in Atlanta, even though it's his wife's hometown? Not sure. Could you imagine Bill Belichick with Russell Wilson? Like, Sean Payton told him to stop kissing babies. Could you I, imagine what, what Bill would say to him? I could imagine Bill saying, I knew you were going to throw that slant. <laughs> with his hood on and everything. Short sleeve. I mean, he can we really... We practiced ro- it all week. He can, ro- he can really rock the short sleeve hoodie in Atlanta all the time. You have you'd have the mixture of a quarterback who wants nothing more than to talk to the media, and the coach who wants nothing less <laughs> yeah. than to talk to the media. Again, don't know how those two would fit. There's part of me that is now wishing this into existence. Because I because I, 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 I think Bill Belichick will go to jail for murder if he has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. At first, it'll seem like it's okay, but it won't be. Well, Sean Payton was known as a player's coach. He had a DJ in the locker room. He had all of these motivational speeches. After a bad game, they were literally 
getting a casket and burying that game. When they swept teams, they literally had brooms in the locker room and they'd sweep the floor. He was known as a player's coach. And then he coached Russell Wilson and it may have driven him crazy. (laughs) Pete Carroll, who everybody loves. He's wearing the old school Nikes. He's chewing gum nonstop. He's running up and down. Pete Carroll's like, I I can't be married to this person. I don't 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 need this guy. Yeah, Russell Wilson became one of the most hated men in football seemingly overnight, right? Like, that's what it felt like. And then the whole thing when he joined the Broncos and all that corny stuff that he's just, he's the worst. Anyway, um, so you think Russell Wilson is a viable option for a good price. I think he's horrible and should not be playing football anywhere as more than a backup. Okay. Best job available, head coaching job available. Can't do Cowboys, can't do Eagles, like nothing that we think may or may not happen. It's the ones that are available right now. Atlanta, Washington, uh, the Chargers, Vegas, Carolina, Seattle, Tennessee. The best job available right now. It can be roster construction. It can be whatever whatever you want it to be, all-encompassing because of the GM, whatever. That's a tough one. It is because um, they're all not very good right now, which no, is why which the is why jobs are available. Which is, which is why they're open. I mean, I think the ones. Can I say the University of Michigan is that one officially open? I, I think the Soon, ones that I think that might come open are the most appealing. Whether it's Dallas or Philly, it, it, for me, it's a photo finish between Atlanta and uh, the Chargers. Maybe I'll say Atlanta in a hair because. The division is a low hurdle to clear. These things are somewhat cyclical, but I don't think the Chiefs are going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so I, I think the, the AFC West is a tougher division to be in. And I, I think, you no, know, do you have the quarterback fixed? No, not close. But you have some time. You're going to bring in a quarterback. You're going to have at least three years to develop him. It, with the Chargers, given the age of that roster, you got to go in there and you're expected to win now because you've got the quarterback and he's on big money already. So I, I think the timeline in terms of the expectations would make me say Atlanta, even though it's been proven, look at Houston. You, if we were ranking these jobs a year ago, we would say Houston is by far the worst and they turned it around in record time. Mm-hmm. It's true, and the, you don't have to. Fa- and not to make this a Houston conversation, but they have the second most cap space in the league, and they've got. And you, if you're a free agent, you look like Dome Stadium. Okay, it's Houston. No state tax. It's an open carry state. D- D- D'Amico <laughs> Ryan is your coach. CJ Stroud is a guy people would love to play with. And Nick Casario is has proven that he has a really good eye for talent. Him and that scouting staff drafting really well and bringing guys in like you could really build something there and then you look at the division and go okay we don't know what the Colts are with Anthony Richardson we're not scared of the Jags and the Titans are a tire fire so we're just going to leave them off to the side because they don't even know what they are JJ Watt goes back to Houston for one last ride (laughs) well he did say he wanted to dress up as his brother uh, and play for the the Steelers and said who would notice Uh, I think we all would JJ but thank you the commander's job is fascinating to me Ooh, interesting because they have a very high pick. They have the most cap space in the entire NFL. They have a couple of nice 
receivers in Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. And I, and they have an additional second round pick, uh, which was the Bears' second round pick that they dealt for Montez Sweat. So they have some pieces there and they can maneuver this thing. They also play in a division. Like we talked about where we don't know what these teams really are. Like we kind of know what they are in the Eagles and the Cowboys, but do we really know what they are and what direction they're going to go in? Um, because they're also, well, in the Eagles case, it's an older roster in the Cowboys case. Gerald can go senile at any moment and just do crazy things. But if you're Washington and you look and say, we have all this cap space, um, we can also make trades to acquire players. Like, is there a lot of work to do on the roster? Yes. But, but like you said, you have time to go in there. You are going to have time to make this one work. I think it's a great job. Like, uh, the the San Francisco 49ers assistant GM, who's now the GM, I think it's Adam Peters is his name, and he goes in there. That's a great job for a GM. Tons of cap space, lots of draft capital. You have a couple of good young players. Plus, you've got the second overall pick. Like, that's not nothing. So I, I think that there's a lot of value in both of those jobs. It's going to be really interesting to see who goes in there. Yep. Like, if you're a guy like Mike Vrabel... Is that a job that you're interested in? That's a name that we have not heard. Mm-hmm. But everybody's announcing their interviews. We have not heard about Mike Vrabel. That's really interesting to me. And that's why I wonder if he's waiting for a specific job. Dallas? Bring Derrick Henry there? Have another overpaid running back on your roster? That's Jerry's That's Jerry's dream. Uh, Okay, that's going to do it for us today on the Fan Checkdown. Thanks to everybody that listened. Thanks to Lance behind the glass, Donovan across the table. We'll be back tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to talk about because somebody else will probably get fired that we don't know of. Um, Maybe we'll have a former GM on tomorrow too. We'll see. I can't promise anything, but I can try. Thanks for listening to the Fan Checkdown. Matt Marchese signing off. We'll talk to you tomorrow.